What is happening, everybody? Welcome back. Another episode of the Off Track Experience. On this episode, I sit down with a good friend of mine, Christian Serenetti's. Now, he's doing really cool things. He's working with disabled kids and kids with just with not the best upbringing, not the best start, and he's creating a place for them to feel safe, to create, to be healthy. Now, he's actually starting a heap of different... Um, I know, locations, places for these kids to go to and just feel kind of a bit more empowered, a bit more confident and just a bit more themselves. So it's really cool to see that he's been putting in this work. Now, kind of questioning him and going into what got him into this was the fact that his upbringing wasn't the best and he felt like he had a disconnect from his family, from his mum and honestly felt like a little bit of an angry kid growing up and he kind of got this outlet with helping others and he kind of attached himself to that and now that's kind of, that's his thing and that's what he does. So he's got a few different um, different projects. One is Project Kick It, which he's the founder and director of. The other one is the OG Cool Kids, cool Kids Foundation, which he's also the founder and director. And Habit Mornington, which he's the founder and director of that as well, which has just been kicked off. So he's definitely got his hands full with a lot of different things, but super cool guy. He does get kind of passionate in this podcast, so there is a bit of swearing, but you can tell it comes from a place of um, just excitement and joy. But before we get into the podcast, a quick word from the sponsors, Athletic Greens. If you guys want some comprehensive goodness in your life, in your routine, in your supplements, go try it out. It is the festive season, so you've got to look after yourself a little bit. So if you want 75 whole ingredients, go check it out. And tell me what you think. See what you think. I've been running this in the morning in my smoothies, and I think it's a great way to get your day started. So go give it a try. Let me know what you think and enjoy it. But enjoy the podcast. See you guys. Bye. <laughs> All right, I didn't want to. Um, you told me your last name last night. Yeah, but I'm gonna wreck it. So, Christian, yep. how how do you pronounce your last name? Serenides. And it's it's Greek, isn't it? Greek. Serenides. Serenides. I used to say Serenides though. That and sounds more Greek. Serenides, yeah. Then the Serenides. Yeah. Oh, they're both pretty Greek. <laughs> oh, fucking! <laughs> I was working with some kid, and his name was his surname was Ionides. And then one day I was like, I'm fucking 25, and I've been saying Serenides, and I was like, I'm 99 percent sure it's Serenides. And I was like, fuck me! And I think my sister still says Serenides, and my mum, stupid. Anyway, Serenides. Did someone, I'm did someone correct you? No, I fucking corrected myself because I was like, can't no. But um, it's kind of like the Liz Cambage, Cambage. Liz Cambage. I remember one day, she's like a, an Australian basketballer. Um, anyway, she's not very well liked, but she is like Liz Cambage. She was Liz Cambage for the longest time. She's a number one pick, so everyone knows about her. And then all of a sudden, everyone started calling her Cambage or Cambage or something. I was like, what the fuck's going on? Anyway, so Serenities. Like a Serenities. Serenities, yeah. Well, welcome to the podcast. Is Thank this the you, first bro. podcast you've done or is this, you've done a No, few? I've done a handful, not many. Um, so you're, you're, media, so you're media trained You're yeah. media trained for it You're ready for it Oh uh, fuck I don't know I'm already cussing So probably not <laughs> I no. was going to say <laughs> That's hard man Because I know when I'm doing this It's made me change how I speak Yeah man And like we talked about yesterday It makes me It made me change how I listen as well yeah. And how I interact with people Which I think is probably The biggest benefit that I've got out of this Is that it's changed the way I interact with people And actually give them the space to speak yeah. Do you find like that's something in your life Where you you don't mean to do it, but you almost cut people off just because you've got something exciting to 100%. say and you don't let them speak. I just fucking did it to you then. Like, it's, ex- like it's your it- podcast, man. <laughs> cut me off as much as you want. It makes Thank my you. job easier. Thank you, bro. Nah, couldn't agree more, man. Like, I do it all the fucking time. And then it's like you listen to yourself or and you're like, fuck, I listen like that. Or when you see videos of yourself and you're like, oh, man, like, that's what I look like. And it's the same when it comes to the, sa- the exact same thing with this sort of stuff. It's like, we did speak about it briefly yesterday of being like, you hear yourself and then all of a sudden you're like, man, why all of a sudden are you just now piping up when this person is like, they're, I don't know, they're kind of humming or they're kind of in flow and they're in a groove. And then all of a sudden you kind of pep in because you're like, I've got fucking something to say and it's just as exciting. I don't know, man, but hundred percent. Like um, my biggest thing is just like my favorite people on the planet are just like people who are good listeners. Mm. Like rather than constantly having to kind of, drop in and kind of give you a line, a bit, a bit of wisdom. 
it's nice every so often, but like my favorite, like there's this girl that I'm friends with, her name's Lauren and I was going through some shit and, um, I didn't like, I just must've just like, just kind of launched into something. And when I finished up chatting, she quite literally was just like, so, and it's the first time I'd ever heard anyone say it to me. And she's like, did you just want somebody to speak to, or did you just want to share that? Or did you want my advice? Mm. And obviously I was like, well, not obviously, but I was like, I need your fucking advice. But she like, it wasn't it was in that nice to hear hundred percent. So you, cause you don't know. Exactly. Don't know. And it wasn't until I reflected on it that I like, it kind of hit the way that it did. Cause I was like, yo, like that's exactly like sometimes, like I think I'm always in kind of fix it mode. So for me, it was really refreshing because it's the same thing. I, I try my best to embody it, but man, we're human. And naturally when you see people going through shit or anything like that, all you want to do is just like, yo, it doesn't have to be this way. And sometimes you need to give them a bit of tough, tough love. And you're just like, no, like this is fine. And you kind of want to give them that, but it's like figuring out the discernment between of like, all right, is it time where she, or this person needs a bit of wisdom or do they just need some love? Do they just need me to wrap them up quite literally with a physical hug or just kind of be present there and they can kind of lean on and they can kind of share the way they are. So um, yeah, man, like I'm so glad we're even chatting about this now because the more we chat about it, the more it kind of reinforces it for me. Cause like I said, like there's nothing better than a good listener mm. and there's nothing better than just being seen and heard. And there's, and that always happens with people, um, who are good listeners versus just like the fucking know it all who you just like, fuck this loser, <laughs> have everything to say. So, well, that's the thing. They're trying to fix something. And if you actually give the person time to speak, a lot of the time they'll fix it themselves. Like they have the answer. They know what they need to do, but they don't, I guess, you know, it's like you have all these thoughts, but if you don't actually verbalize those thoughts, you don't really see them properly. Like they're kind of a bit hazy and you kind of don't put it out there. And when you do speak it, you go, oh shit, like that's how I actually feel. And I think it's a powerful thing because I always, if I say something, I, I'm going to do it. But it'll take a long time for me to say something if I'm going back and forth in my own head about it. Mm. But like once I say it, it's out there. I've seen it. Okay, well, this is what we need to do now. And I yeah. guess that's what comes to a good listener. They give you that safe place where you can feel that you can be yourself and just put it out there. And then you kind of see it for yourself and go, oh, I know what to do. Where if someone's constantly butting in and you're like, oh, I'm feeling down because of this. It's like, oh, I should do this. Oh, I should do that. And you're like, oh, and you don't even get to say everything you want to say and you could have solved your own problem but like you said it's very much you need to have those friends where when you rock up and see them you go all right i need you to listen but you don't really have to give me feedback i just want to get my thoughts out to another person versus i need your help what do you think i should do 100 mm, percent. doing my best not to butt in them like oh. <laughs> it's like it quite literally is that it's like going between the two and I think as well, it's like, as you get older, you can't get upset with people because they're trying to do their best. And again, talking like using the word discernment, it's like making the discernment between it's like, all right, like this is what I'm going through. I do need some support or I do need some love. And then really knowing what people to go to for what particular counsel. And when I say counsel, it's just like typically advice or just like, it's like going to a therapist or like there's times where like I'm feeling in a bit of a lull and it's like that person is quite literally the person I need to be around right now because I know exactly how they show up and it's consistent and that's just who they are. Expect Rather than expecting like one person to be able to fix it all and know exactly what's going on all the time. And if you can do that, oh man, like you just fall in love with all these people in your life rather than just like I needed this and you didn't give me that. And it's like, no. It's like, it doesn't work that way. Like you're just projecting shit and how fucking unfair for that person on the other side to all of a sudden have to be this person who's your therapist, your best friend, all the same shit in one when it's quite literally just take a breath. It's like, yo, what do I need right now? And it's like, do I just need to listen? First of all, listen to myself Two, or do I even need to chat to anyone Two, do I need to be chatting to a professional sport versus a, uh, a personal sort of friend? Cause those two in itself are completely different. Um, so yeah, man, that's just been something like, particularly like I'm 31 now and, um, probably had that sort of realization when I was 25 and I've always like, it's not like I've had expectations, but you do feel let down sometimes. Cause it's like, you're my best friend and all I needed in this moment was that. And you didn't give it to me. And especially in the cancel culture we are in now, or even just a self-development thing, people are like I'm developing, I'm growing, I'm going in this direction and you're not. It's like, no, just be like, it's about you picking and choosing how much time you share with that people. Like I love and adore all my friends that I've made over the years, but just like, it just depends in what chapter of life you're in and how much time you're spending with that person. Like I, like right now, 
Like I'm spending a lot of time and this is thanks to COVID with people who live close to me. So proximity has been everything for me because proximity has been community. And I didn't have that. Like it used to be a really formal thing where I would finish work and it's like, yo, like I want to catch up with this person. I want to catch up with this person. You're 45 minutes away. So yeah, it's like, all right, I've got this time on this day, but I've only got this amount of time. And then it's just like this big formal process and this big build up for one thing. And then, man, we live in a cult, like in a world now where, pe- where even when you're together, you see it all the time, the person's on their phone organizing the next catch up with yeah. the next person. Like, so for me, like COVID, fuck it. It was, I was f- sweet and I was kind of found my groove, but that last, like I live in Melbourne and um, the last sort of six months of that, like you're just you're just so depleted. And I just, like, I just was just like, I've had enough. And I was getting in the ocean every single day and I post it and I have a fear, like I adore, like I love the ocean, but I have a fear for the ocean. It's like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get in the ocean every day in the month. Like it was in the middle of August. It was in, it was for the month of August. And um, I posted it and one of, like a guy I'd known, I didn't know him too well, but he's like, man, I love this. I'd love to jump in with you. And I was like, hell yeah. And even then I was a little bit nervous because like socially I was like, I'm not the greatest, but I, um, we got in the ocean every day and then another, an, a guy he knew got in the ocean with me every day as well. And there was three of us and every single day we got in this, in the ocean, it's freezing cold, no matter the conditions. And honestly, like the water was obviously cold and that was a challenge in itself, but it was just so worthwhile just having purpose to your day, catching up with these two guys in particular. And they're two of my best mates now. Like, mm. it's like, we've known each other forever. One of the dudes, he was, um, he was helping me with the project that I run, um, volunteering his time. And then now we're at a position where we're opening a gym together. We've just launched the foundation together. And this has only been in the last sort of three years. And like, I get to go and share Christmas with him and his family every year. I get to like all those things is because of things like this. Um, so yeah, man, I know I've gone a bit of a tangent. But like, <laughs> go, go, get, to, um, go to town, man. Go to yeah, town. Right, it's so. that thing where you've got friends that it's like you expect so much out of them but it's like i don't really think it's like this unconditional love thing with friends and it's like there's so much condition to it like you've got to call me you've got to check in you've got to do all this Mm. and as someone that lives a life where i'm not present in one spot for very long i always struggle with that because it's like i'm not going to show up as your friend when i'm in europe or i'm over here i'm doing this and i'd expect you as a friend to accept that and know when i am with you when we are face to face i'm going to be the friend that you need but don't get shitty with me if I haven't checked in with you. And I think so many people go like, oh, you don't want to talk to me. You don't want to check in with me. Like you're dead to me. I'm like, man, Mm. like give me, like understand that like we all live life. Life is very present all the time and you're always getting new challenges, new adventures, new everything. And if you have people that cut you out because you can't check in with them and like be there when they may need you, but not even knowing that, they need you it's like man that's that's not fair at all 100 percent. i love that bro that's such a good if you're gonna grab take a grab out exactly what you just said it's so important mm. like it's so so important and like and if you can kind of get over that hump the richness of those relationships are just so good because it's quite literally like you just pick up where you left off and mm. it's like nothing has changed like and i feel like i've got that with the majority of my friends um and I don't, I don't know if that's just an organic thing. Maybe people don't feel this way about me and maybe people have hard feelings because I haven't shown up, but not that, none that I'm completely aware of. And like, sounds a bit cunty, but like, obviously they're not like important enough for me to, to, to have felt that sort of way. But I love what you just said, man. Like, it's so, so nice when like those friend or those people in your life, they just kind of understand what life looks like. Mm. And this is how I kind of show up in those relationships. And like right now, that's what it might look like. But it might not be like that for, for, for everything. Like right now you're in the Gold Coast. So right now you're present with the boys in this house or Lans or people around you because again, proximity. Mm. And it makes sense. But like, I know you've got all these dreams of wanting to go and do a lot of travel and kind of sh- spend your time in different places of the world naturally that's just not going to be achievable mm. and like fuck like imagine having you being on the other side of the world and you're ha- you can't even be present in what you're doing because you're just doing your best to kind of it's almost like damage control back home it's like i love that person i don't want to lose that person but i need to spend an hour each day catching up on everyone mm. no nah, man that's, like, and that's such an easy thing to fall into where people feel guilty because i have those friends where if you're not talking to them all the time you kind of get to this point where you know that they're going to be a little bit bitter so then it kind of it makes it pushes you away more because you're like if i catch up with you you're just going to be like why haven't you seen me and my um my nan was perfect for that like we would go see her and she's like why don't you see me more often 
and I'm like, I'm here now. I'm here now. Why don't like why do you why are you making me feel bad about not seeing you more when I'm here now? Yeah. And you don't come and see us. You live five minutes from where we lived. And she's like, I don't have a car. I'm like, I'll pay for a taxi. Mm-hmm. You, you don't you don't call us. You don't ring. And then you make us feel bad about not coming to see you. And like I, we just stopped seeing it. Like it mm-hmm. sounds kind of bad, but she just wasn't the most loving, caring person. And we got sick of getting guilt tripped into not seeing someone when we're seeing them. And not her not taking responsibility that she's not doing the same thing. Mm. It's like, oh, he hasn't called me in for age, in ages. I'm like, you haven't called them either. Like that goes, that's a two-way street there. And people oh, yeah. get so caught up on the, oh, they haven't called me or they haven't checked in with me. I'm like, have you? Mm. No. So you're doing the exact same thing, getting angry at them and then just pulling away. Yeah, man. Like sometimes you need to just pass the olive branch out. Oh, it's yeah. a good feeling for, for both of you. Yeah, bro. Like, and I'm glad you kind of brought up the family card because they're the biggest culprits. <laughs> yeah. Like friends different like relationship and it's like it's almost like literally just making this up right now (laughs) but in my head it's kind of like you have three tiers and it's like you have family friends community Mm -hmm. and community has by far been the most exciting in all of that because like community is like the spontaneity of it all it's about you doing you and then whatever comes up in that environment you're just sitting with and you're just enjoying you can remove yourself whenever you don't have to show up a certain way friendship different ball game Obviously, people know you for you. They're kind of expecting you to show up a certain way. If you don't show up that certain way, they'll start questioning you like, what's wrong with you? Why are you moody? Why are you this? Have mm. I done something? And it's like, no, I'm just fucking hungry. Or like, <laughs> just something like that. And then family, man, like we all know, it's not like it's literally one of those things where it's like people have the excuse to for you to be there. Like they're, it's like everything that's coming up in life and it's like, I'm just like, I'm not angry with you, but I can be angry with you. So I'm just going to give you the worst of me. Yeah. And then like, I just hope people get to a point like I'm at that. Like, so when you say it sounds a bit bad, like I, um, my mom's Dutch, our family's French and my dad's Greek and say, and his entire family's Greek. You have and a real mixture going yeah, on. Man, yeah, like, it's, it's just, it's, it's so messy. So my sister and I are first born Australian from both sides of the family, both both migrated over. So it's only my sister and I and my mum, and we're not close at all. Like, I grew up resenting my mum, hating my mum. And I remember, like, friends were like, I remember my best mate being like, you don't hate it. And I was like, man, like, I do. And, like, the fact that you don't understand why, and I know, it, like, it might say, this might people like, it's your mum or whatever, but it's like I have a deep amount of respect for her, and I do love her. But it's like, because she's my mom, she doesn't have an excuse to treat me the way that she does and the way that she communicates me. And I always break it down. I'm like, if she wasn't my mom, she's not someone I would want to share time with. And I think that speaks volumes. And it's like, she's always going to be in my life. We still communicate and all those sort of things, but I have super firm boundaries, especially as I've gotten older, like rather than just kind of feeding into the bullshit or getting angry back or whatever, I'll just let her do a thing. And it's like, yo, I've got to go. Yeah. And it's just like, and our relationship's gotten better because of that. Cause she kind of knows now it's like, I'm just going to remove myself from the situation right away. If things kind of go in a certain direction. Um, why, why do you feel that way? Yeah. Feel that way. about Yeah. It? Oh man. So grew up in a low income household. Um, so that in itself already paints a big, big picture, particularly if you've grown up in a low income household or you've grown up in housing commission or you've grown up on things where the government is very present in your life and what your livelihood looks like. So my, we were a low income household because my mum had a workplace accident. She used to be a chef and she lost her fingers in a, in a mincemeat machine. And um, that, it was just like su- a, such a significant and traumatic event and her life just cascaded. It was just like, it just fell into a massive heap from there. And um, physically, something where now she looks very differently, not only looks very differently, but functions very differently. It not only impacts the joint or the hand, that's that's like with what's going on and all the surgeries and everything that comes with that, but now it affects the rest of your body because the rest of your body is compensating. When you're so fragile or like something like that happens, you become incredibly fragile and you feel like a bit of a shell of yourself. You start to doubt yourself. This is what, like... 30, 30 plus years ago as well. So it's not a world where we live in now where you have all these supports in place or things like that. So I mean- How old were you when this happened? See, this is, I need to actually know. I don't actually know. I don't know if I was, if I wasn't born yet or if I was a bub, like a full baby. It was that sort of time though. So like I said, between that 30 and 35 years ago. So you've only known her. I've only ever known her with like her being who she is. Yeah. And, And man, she's just like a typical European, like she's a tough lady. 
tough lady and she's had to be like she's had to like i can imagine like she's her mom's a prisoner of war um her mom is like flees to a country that's why she's born in holland um and then from there they migrate over here and my grandma from everything i understand as much as like you hear it it's like most kids have an incredible relationship with their grandparents but then like the parent themselves, like as you get older, you start to hear what they're, they're like and what life looked like for them. And like we always, it's almost like we become who our parents are unless we adore them. And um, so my grandma just being the hardest that, that she was, it kind of, my mom turned into that sort of hard ass. And again, you, you're moving to a different or foreign land as well. You're kind of making, she's a very independent woman as well. Like I said, was a head chef and all those sort of things. And like, this is a world where life doesn't look the same as it does now for women anyway. Um, so yeah, so like she wasn't really a mum. Like she was very much just like a coach of just being like hard, man. Like super, super hard. And like our con- living conditions were hard. And like I say that we're living in a developed country. So when I say our conditions were hard, I'm not trying to compare to a developing country. Or, but it's all relative. Yeah. Like it's all relative. Yeah, I, I get caught up in that when it's yeah, it's like you only know your version of hard. Like your version of hard is this. Mm. And you're like, yes, there's someone in Africa or wherever it may be that is going through more than you. But you saying that to me and me knowing that doesn't make living in a housing commission when you don't have enough food and stuff feel any better. It's almost just like, okay, cool. Someone does have it tougher. That sucks for them as well. But also this is not the best for me. And not have to be like, because I always hate when you almost, you try and pull happiness (laughs) out of other people's demise. It's just like, oh, well, they're suffering. So I'm not suffering as badly. And, but I do, I, yeah, I understand. Well, it's like, I mean, I think people love the comparison for perspective and sometimes Mm. perspective is important. I think it can help, but it's not the, it's golden cons- golden ticket to no, feeling better. Man. It's not constructive a lot of the time. It just makes people feel fucking worse. Mm. And it's also why, like, you see all these people who have lived a certain way and it's, like, far out. Like, why are they complaining about this? Because exactly like you said, they don't know no different. Mm. Like, life has looked a certain way. So, no shit, when, you, when you've got everything and then you start to remove stuff, it doesn't matter whether you've got everything or nothing. As soon as you start removing things, all of a sudden these big feelings and emotions are going to come up and it's new to you. So you're like, what do I do? How do I react? And typically we don't react articulately. We start throwing shit or like, <laughs> that's literally, literally, man, like the one time, <laughs> fuck, I'll never forget it. So like, again, my mom being who she was and I was a shit kid. Like I was so naughty. I was such a bully and I was just a naughty kid. And I remember, um, but I was scared of my mum, so scared of my mum. And, um, but I never listened to her. And I remember one day we were in the house and she just fucking lost it about something. But she, this is the thing, like one of the reasons why I didn't, cause she like, it was kind of like she would escalate from the smallest things and nothing would be good enough. But this one day, don't know what I did, but arguing like we always would. And she start like, she, she was doing this doing the dishes and all of a sudden she just started grabbing the plates (laughs) the mugs and started throwing them at the wall and i was like what is going on and just like did not stop we're just throwing everything in front of her and just smashing all these plates and bowls on the wall and all of a sudden i was just like oh fuck i was like she's for real and i was like the first time where i just like literally stopped and listened and it's like we all get it it's like the first time you get punched in the mouth it's like oh this is for real or like you you're having an accident it's like oh shit i can get injured or for me playing basketball and copying my first out like i'm playing defense and i'm right up in the guy's face and we're at the we're at like the top of the paint there's no reason for him for me, him to throw an elbow mm. and my hands are in there and he's like, nah, and he'll break my hand because he's like, and it's just a check. And it's just like, you learn when you get hurt or shit is erupt and you're like, oh shit, that's how this shit's going to go yeah, down. Deal with this. It's like, I always like the Mike Tyson thing where it's like everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Exactly. It's like, yeah, I see that. You just, that, what, three words or whatever, however many words for me to fucking rant on. Was but, was there a reason she started throwing stuff at the wall or did Just fed up. I'm assuming, like, I'm not her, but I'm assuming 100%. Yeah, man. Like, it's like the person who, we all have those people in life. And it's like, again, they overreact for the smallest things. And it's got nothing to do with, like, the water spilling on the table or you stubbing your toe. And it's like, that shit's an inconvenient and it's annoying. But it's no reason for you to all of a sudden just kind of flip a table or stand up or just kind of, like, launch into someone. Like, man, it's, I just, it's... I'm glad I've kind of witnessed all these things because it's allowed me to have the empathy that I do, do have today. Because like I see that shit happens 
and then people on the other side that only have to be on the receiving end of it. Obviously, it's not nice being on the receiving end, but it's also fucking super awkward when you're in the environment and you've like you've got something to do with it, but it's not directly to you. And all of a sudden, you're like, and then your reaction or a lot of reactions for a lot of people is like, oh, they're fucking weird. I like what the hell, and then. All you think about, even though they have a body of work where it's like, you've known this person for a long time, they've always showed up really rationally or whatever, but they do one weird ass thing. And then all of a sudden, like it's a fucking bit of a write off. Mm. So I just think it's just like that whole thing of like, people have all this pent up frustration and stress or whatever. And if they're not self-regulating, if you're not doing that, something like they're not picking and choosing that moment to fucking flip. It just happens naturally. Like we all do it. Like for me, it was in basketball for sure growing up. And like I was that angriest kid and I would rip everyone and everything and get so angry and like just even just like like reactions to the refs. Like I remember, and this went on until I was like 21 years old, still playing in the Siebel, um, which was like at the time was the NBL, what's the NBL one is now. Um, and I'm like, here I am an adult in a professional environment. I'll go play domestic with my mates and my our domestic team stacked, got sick, like guys who were f- like unbelievable players playing hacks and just like, it will literally get to, I remember it got like a minute or two into the game. I get kicked out of the game. I'm sitting outside and like, it was just a social thing. So I'm just sitting outside cause I'm just waiting for them to the finish. So we can go get grilled and go watch a movie and just hang out on a Sunday night before the work, uh, work week starts or whatever. And like I had mates that I'd be playing against and like, what the fuck are you doing out here, man? And I was like, oh, they kicked me out. And they're like, what the fuck, bro? Like, oh, like, and I just like, it checked me. Cause I was just like, it was just something that was so normal for me. And it was just, I was just like, oh, again, like at 20 years old, it was still normal for people to get shitty. So like I said, going back to the whole empathy thing, I think I have empathy for it because I'm like, one, I understand that it's probably got nothing to do with the current situation. And two, I was that fucking person. And the last thing I needed was someone for me, for someone to write me off or to cancel me when really, I really needed people. Mm. Um, Do you you think that you're saying like, obviously you've got a lot of empathy now. Was there a pivotal point? Because I want to obviously like lead into you saying you're this angry kid that gets in fights in basketball matches (laughs) and like, that's not the person I know now. Yeah. Was there a pivotal moment where you went, okay, I'm not going to be that person because obviously you want to like, go into the the gym you've set up and how you've organized everything and the foundation and everything was what was the pivotal moment and Mm. then how did that make you change what you were doing there's a few points there's like the first thing that really really smashed me year eight uh nathan thompson comes in he's afl footballer comes in and speaks to the year eights and this is when mental health isn't even on the radar like haven't heard of any what he was talking about which was depression I hadn't even heard the word until year eight. Year eight. So 2005, maybe 2006. And, um, and he was talking and this is my first year in high school, sorry, second year in high school, first year cunt. Like me being the only kid from the primary school I went to, my mum sent me to a different high school. All my mates went to the local high school and my best mate went to a private school Private school is not an option because we can't, mum can't even afford like groceries throughout the week. But I don't understand. I don't even understand the concept of money, really. Local high school, I'm like, what? Like, why? So she sends me this other high school half an hour away, which felt like a lifetime at the time. So, like, I'm needing to reestablish myself in terms of like, I'm one of the, I was like, <laughs> I'm one of the cool kids. And I'm like, there is no chance I'm fucking rolling into this school and not being that. Like, and so I was like, and I remember orientation day, staying at my best mate's why, house. Why did you think that though? Why did you come up with just, you thought that I just want to stay as the cool kid? Just Cause I don't know. Cause I was just like, I think it's just like all those insecurities. But again, like I can kind of like sit back and think about it now. And I'm, it's almost like I'm even piecing it together now, just kind of reflecting and chatting about it. Um, it's just all those insecurities that have come up and all you know is one thing. And I think like I was already so weak, like, I was bigger than most people. I was an athlete, like all those sort of things. And like, we know what school's like. Those kids reign, reign supreme. If you're an athlete, it's all like, you're the cool kids naturally. But still, I'm not, again, I'm not thinking that way. All I'm thinking is like, I'm in fucking survival mode right now. And the reason I'm about to paint a picture as to why it was so important is because I, stay, I stayed at my, ha- my mate's house the night before. So we're in grade six. I have orientation day. My mum comes flying in 
always in a rush like she always is or we are. Shit's always just uncomfortable and just we're arguing and all that sort of stuff. I run into the car. I'm putting my clothes on. <laughs> we're halfway there and I just... I'm <laughs> Fuck, man. We're halfway there and I'm like, mum. <laughs> I was like, I've left my shoes at Paul's house. And she's like, she just fucking loses it and she's like well she's like there's nothing we can do and i'm just like oh my like i like i open my bag though and thankfully i have a pair of shoes in there but they're fucking runners adidas runners which adidas like cool shoe whatever but this is obviously not the cool no man like no well fuck i grew up skating so like all my mates and i skated every day i skated to school so i'm in skate clothes and i'm wearing adidas runners Hindsight, not that big of a deal. No. <laughs> like, I look back now, everyone's rolling. Fuck, man, I have a pair of New Balance. Everyone's wearing New Balance since, like... So, like You're ahead of your time, man. You're ahead of your time. <laughs> man, like... But it was such... So, like, I roll in, and I just feel like the biggest fucking dork. And I'm like, this is fucked. No friends by myself. Instantly know who the cool kids are. And then... <laughs> We get to like just before lunchtime and the the, class, the orientation class is PE and we play dodgeball and I just fucking rip everyone. Just like I'm just running a train, just picking up and just launch, probably hurting kids, just going ham and just like fucking people up. And as soon as that finished, these How kids- How does this link to the guy coming in to talk about? I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Fuck man. We've got, well, I'll get back to that. I feel like we're off on a tangent right now. But it was just hundred oh, percent. We'll get back to that. But it was just, again, like me just kind of like trying to assert myself, I suppose as like an alpha. And then as I do that within an instant, it was like three boys in particular, but they were, they were like the kids from the local high, the local primary school. And then like all the other kids were kind of dispersed within that. Yeah. And, um, and then right away after that, they came up to me at lunchtime and we started hanging out and I was friends with them from there. But again, like I was still a fucking cunt throughout all of that and real mean and like real bully and a real asshole. And like I would call people the worst names and all these type of things. And like obviously that's eating away at me and making me just a shit, shit human. But it's all I know. And then I remember a girl pulling me up and like she, like there was two girls in her class and they're like, you're really nice, but you're really angry. And I was like, what? I was like, I didn't even know I was angry for one. And then it was just like a bit of a chain of events. And then this guy rolled in talking about depression and everything he was saying. It's like, he could have just read, read off a spreadsheet. Like, are you feeling this way? Are you feeling this way? Are you feeling this way? Is this what life looks like? Is this how you think about things? And I was just like, ding, 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 mm. like ticking them all off. And I was just like, it was just like this moment. And this is year eight. It's still pretty early on. I'm still pretty young. But again, like playing all these sports, doing really well, this happens. I go home and I was like, mom, I think I have depression. And then like, even for me to have the courage to say that to her, because we wouldn't commute. The only communication we would have was like screaming matches. Like affection wasn't a thing. None of that. Like, mm. heart, like it took me so long f- receiving love, like heart, like that sort of stuff took me until I was about 25 to receive it. And like, and to be okay with it. It took me so, like even getting a massage. Like just and you any, think that's why you were throwing it back at all these other kids because you just didn't know how to deal hitting with Hitting out, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And then from there, mum, like her way of reacting with things, again, kind of missed Mrs. fix it. But she didn't fuck it. Like it wasn't like she kind of wrapped me up in a hug or anything. Like which is obviously what you need as a parent, like from a parent. So I suppose this is why coming back to the whole thing of like, why don't you like your mom? And it's like all I needed was a parent and I didn't have a parent because I was a parent for myself. Walking to and from school as a prep. Like those sort of things. And um, yeah, like this kind of came up. And what she did was she sent me to a hypnotherapist. And your, it was your mom sent, sent you me to a hypnotherapist. And then she kind of like jaded me in doing it. She, she came and picked me up from school one day for some weird reason because I used to catch a school bus. And she started driving me. And I was like, where the fuck are we going? And like we, we land in Turak of all places. Here I am. Like, like I said, like, fuck, man. Like, we're not doing great and we're in one of the wealthiest suburbs in Mel- like I know this as like I have the, the self like I understand this at that age I'm like what the fuck and then we go up to these like bougie ass offices and I was like what like I felt sick to my stomach I was like what the fuck and this guy comes out and his name's Bill Patterson I'll never forget it. love him now I, I don't know if he's still alive or whatever but and um I've never felt so betrayed. And I was like, I'm not fucking going in that office. Like, and we didn't, we didn't do any of that. And he was so 
like I didn't see it, but he must have been so, so good. And him like reading the situation of like what life looked like for us, what it would have taken for my mum to get us there, us not being in a position that she can afford, not only can she not afford it, but not afford for me to, for her to pay and me not actually fucking get the wanting treatment. To, wanting to go anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And hypnotherapy, I'm guessing back in 2005, 2006 is probably a pretty off the, off the cuff thing, like yeah. pretty extreme thing. And, um, but then like, I don't know, I don't know exactly what led up, but I ended up going in this office with him another time. And it was the first time I remember, you know, those moments where like, you're smiling so much that it hurts your face. Like it hurts your face. And I don't know what he did. And it would have just been coming in and have a conversation, him asking me to close my eyes, him doing his thing or whatever. And it was like, from then on, life looked completely different, like completely different, completely changed my tone, but I plummeted and went the complete opposite way and just like became this fucking weakling. Like didn't want, I still had all my mates and I was still kind of me or whatever, but I shied away from the world massively. I definitely developed like undiagnosed, but definitely developed an eating disorder. Um, all those sort of things. Like there was so much that was kind of coming up. And then from then on, I just got weaker and weaker and weaker. And when I say weaker, like physically, yes, but just like I was such a shell of myself in every kind of which way. Ended up really wanting to apply myself and going to a certain school, which was Box Hill Senior. And at the time, it was the only sort of sports program. And um, we, like I eventually got there, but I was still like, fuck, man, I, I don't know how I made any friends in that school. Like, because I was just, just wasn't myself sort of thing. So it kind of just, it pulled you out, it got... You weren't angry anymore, but you just were kind of numb or nothing. Sad, like sad. Like I didn't like I didn't understand that that anger as a kid growing up was sadness. Like and, it was, and he kind of like unlocked it by doing whatever he 100%. did. Hundred percent. But I wasn't continuing with him. Like he, like I saw him for a bit, and he kind of gave me a bit of momentum and really helped me kind of work through it. It was just kind of more just again a self awareness of these sort of things. Um, but I didn't continue to get support from there. They're like, mum wasn't in position to do that. And that was probably where things, that's probably why I kind of went the way that like life ended up looking the way it did. But I did have like, again, like I still had basketball and, um, and sport and like certain friends within. So I don't know, like, and it's almost like maybe cause I was such a stubborn kid. It was almost like the stubbornness. It was like, I would never kind of throw in the towel. Like I was just like, even though I felt a certain way and I didn't want to be alive and I didn't want to live and I didn't want to be in the world that I was, I was almost like I was too stubborn that I wouldn't, like I never ever thought about self-harm. I'd never ever thought about suicide. And for a lot of people from what I'm understanding, like they're kind of the default when you're feeling that sort of way, like they're the sort of thoughts that come up. They weren't the thoughts for me. It was just a feeling sorry for myself. Like, what the fuck do I have to do to get out of this? Yeah. But I didn't think I ever was. Mm. I was just like, this is what, it was just more of an acceptance of like, this is what life looks like and I'm just going to have to roll with it. But I never, ever thought I was going to get out of that. And up until I was probably, again, I was doing, doing all this stuff, playing a lot of basketball still. And it wasn't until I got to about, I got to 21. I was actually, I finished school, um, went to like college, TAFE sort of thing, got a terrible ATAR, um, even though I was supposed to be a high achieving student at school or whatever. And I was doing, um, it was called sports therapy at the time. And I was there for a year and a half and then I didn't want to do it. Went into one of my lecturers was a strength and conditioning coach. He wanted to give me a job and I was like, hell yeah, like how cool is this? Super flattering. Went and did that with him for a little bit, was working in the gym and just hated that culture. And then didn't work for about six months. Sister. So I have two, I have a biological sister. I have two biological sisters, one a half sister, one a step, uh, one a full sister, full sister has Asperger's mum. Um, we have foster kids coming in and out of our home. We, I've got uh, two foster sisters at the time, both with autism, both go to special needs school. And then I was like, fuck man, I got to do something. So I went and go, went to go and um, volunteer my time at this school. And it was the best thing ever. Cause I was in the lowest of lows. And like, it was one of those things where I couldn't get out of bed. I was in literally in physical pain. Like I was just so sore all the time because my body was just so depleted. Went to this school and between 21 and 25, I'm at this school. Well, 21 to 26 or 27, I'm at this school. And it's just like that, just very organic. Like there was no intention. But I was just, I was there for so long because I loved it. It was the first time where like I was really getting loved on and really being appreciated. 
here I am at that age working with all these students. And I was just like, I was in my bag. Like I was in my group, just having fun. Mm. But fuck man, like me personally was in such a bad place. And I feel like the principal must have known because I was getting contract after contract. And it's almost like she just wanted to, because it was a very competitive environment. Like there's all these people who are applying for jobs, not getting them. And these are people, these are particularly mums who have got families home or whatever. And then here I am not really giving a fuck. And maybe because of my playfulness or really just being present in the job and not kind of overthinking at all. Maybe that's what the job needed. Mm. But like I said, I still wasn't addressing what was going on for me mentally. And I just isolated myself from the world, man. Um, so like that. And then, do you think those kids though, you're saying like there was mums and stuff, but they probably thought they need a friend. They don't need a carer or a mum. And you probably 100%. and you probably played that role as being a carer and looking that's after a, them. That's a leader who's good at their job. It's not finding the best teacher. It's not finding, it's like, what do we need right now? And Christian brings this to the table. Like at this age, for example, like I still have that playfulness and I have all those sort of things. So right now when certain jobs come up, so like I said, so like I now run a project for young people with a disability and like, I feel like I do a really good job at kind of matchmaking sort of things. And like that matchmaking process, it's like all the people we support are young people, right? And all the people that work with me are young people too. And like, I don't, I don't even think I'm a young person anymore, but I'm the oldest. And then all the people I'm kind of sharing this time with, all the people who are working with me, they, um, they're, like I said, they're all younger. And so typically they're going to be those people who are a lot more playful or whatever. But we, again, we kind of attract younger people. And I think that's just kind of like, um, the appeal to what we do but then we also sometimes have older people who reach out and be like yo like love what you're doing would love to kind of join in but it's like rather than being being closed off to that and being like this is just for young people that's what it is it's like no there's a role for you but it's probably just not going to be in what we typically would do it's like this family or this this family needs support on this day from 7 to 10 p.m. to help with personal care, to help them get ready for bed. It's like they need a mum. They don't need me fucking rolling into the house, not wanting to shower this kid, not wanting to sit there and read them a bedtime story. And fuck, I'm going to rile them up probably versus like the mum who's good in that sort of in that environment versus me. It's like, no, like now I, like I create social opportunities. I'm creating like like relationship, like past relationships from me growing up of me being an athlete. So now having friends in those places and areas where it's like, well, fuck man, like these environments I like being in. I know the kids love being in those environments. So it's like, that's my place. And mm. going back to the whole school thing, it wasn't for me to go into the classroom and be like, one plus one is two or whatever. It was very much like, these kids are present in this room right now because they've got someone, a role model that they're looking up to and it's full monkey see, monkey do. So for me, it's just being the best human I can possibly be in that environment, but also be very human. So it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to be all those sort of things. And that's why I think that sort of, that really kind of worked for me in that sort of environment. But and that would have changed you as well as you did it because it would have <laughs> pulled you out of this, like you could see the empathy and create the, the care right. for someone else would have been so much more powerful. What is your what would you what is what is your organizational or gym or what do you, what would be the so yeah there's a few it, legs so it like exactly it's all a bit fucking messy it's not messy but it sounds messy because it's just it sounds so wanker you can make like it I'm make it sound it. as clean as you want on a podcast oh, I can't bro it just yeah. sound like a wanker it's yeah. like do this fuck I even feel fucking guilty putting something like in my Instagram bio there's nothing fucking worse when you look at someone's Instagram bio and they've still got it's like graduated in the class of this fucking all those years ago and it's like they string off that but anyway so i um so I, I run a project for young people with a disability and the pro the whole idea of the project is just um has just been creating a safe enjoyable place for young people to kind of show up as themselves um and not have fucking mum or dad on their back or whatever and like even for me to say it's hard for me to really put into words it's one of those things where you kind of need to show up and kind of experience because there was no intent in this like i never intended for project kick it to be a thing it just very organically happened i had a motorbike accident while i was working at the school couldn't work for like i was in and out of surgery for 12 months families were dropping their kids off at my place i um felt guilty about earning a secondary income as soon as i got strong enough to start pushing wheelchairs again all the money i was earning i just started taking these kids to music concerts because i wanted to relive my childhood and then it's just blown up into what it is now which is fucking crazy but that's what that is how big is it now? Not massive, man. Like I say, we've got a tiny family. Like we have hundreds of people joining in, but like working directly with like 40, 50 young people, um, kind of that. But And what, is it, what does that look like on like a day-to-day basis yeah. when you're walk, working with them, just like going out to just, because you obviously did a hike recently, but you just go to yeah. just, just different things. and That's the cool thing about it. It's like, it's constantly evolving. Mm. But like, I suppose it, 
a good sort of snapshot on like what things would typically look like. Um, is like I've only just started help, or we've just started helping families with like personal support so like day to day sort of things it's like that example of like a family being like hey I really need somebody to come into the place like I really need some help on this day at this time and it's like a regular thing I've always stood away from that because I'm like we have a really particular relationship it's like our relationship with the kids is like it's the weekend it's project kicker time so what we would do is it's like typically a weekend or school holidays Friday afternoon Saturday or Sunday and it's just finding some fucking fun. And it's like, so it used to be something that was very informal as now it's quite, now it's like every single weekend, it's quite regimented. It's like monthly calendar. This is what we're doing on this day. This is what we're doing on this day. And then families will reach out and be like, yo, so-and-so wants to join in here. So-and-so wants to join in. But it's cool because sometimes we might have kids, we might only see a kid once a year because they might be like, lame, lame, lame. And I fucking love that. Like, I love it when the kids have the, like they have, they're being empowered to make a choice for themselves rather than mum dropping them off. And it's like, I need some fucking respite. It's like, no, join in if you want to join in. And that's why things fucking go so well because everyone's on their best behavior. Everyone's got their best attitude because they're genuinely excited to be there. They're fuck Like, do you remember what it was like as a kid and you knew you were going to the movies and your parents, your friends were picking you up. I fucking get, well, for me anyway, I was sitting at the door three hours before they fucking came in my best clothes with my big smile on excited as shit. So like now that's quite literally what we're just doing on a weekly basis is just like, Hey everyone, go into the basketball week once uh, basketball this weekend. Who wants to join in? Hey everyone, we're going to go catch a movie and like trying not to do just the generic shit, like doing stuff that is like fucking fun. Like what's going to set your soul on fire? Like what gets me excited? It has to get me excited. Cause like, if I'm not participating and I'm not excited, it obviously kind of it leaches out into the rest they of the probably game. wouldn't be the same either they exactly would, they wouldn't right, want to be there yeah i get what you're saying so that's just like that's the whole thing there and the whole idea now it's like it was it was a lot of fun like it was just something that was some fun and always be like to friends i'm like it's so cool i was like i don't know how on earth this is operating i was like i'm the least educated like i have no business to be doing this what i'm doing and even man like there's still i was talking to a friend about it this morning like there's still times where People like we communicating, we're doing all these things. And then like, I'll show up to the place. I'm like, fuck, wait, you're Christian? As in kind of just like expecting someone completely different of being like, how on earth are you running this or whatever? And it's like, now I just kind of just like, fuck, whatever. Obviously, like that's who you are and that's what you kind of expect. But um, what do they, who do they expect to be showing up? Fuck, like, someone well put together. Someone not fucking cussing every second <laughs> word. Or like, yeah, good luck with this podcast. Like, um. <laughs> yeah man like i don't know like yeah i like i fucking try to see like i try to reel it in i try so hard and i see there's definitely times where like i see it you're obviously passionate about it i think that like that's a passion here. I, yeah man like i just don't know any other words <laughs> like, like i obviously do but I, it's almost like like my mom used to swear a lot and um like there was no such thing as PG growing up or whatever. Like I wasn't being, that was a cool thing about being a kid is like with the house I lived in, I had a freedom to do a lot of fucking rogue shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Do you want to stop that though? Like, do you want to not swear well, as fun, well? Funnily <laughs> enough, like I find it the biggest turnoff. Like when I see other people doing it. So I hope I don't, I'll, I'll have to watch this back and see what it looks like. And, um, but I just find it the tackiest, corniest, grossest shit when, when I see pe- it. When people swear. Swear, 100%, man. Like, I, I think every time I see it, I don't know if it's like put people putting on a show or whatever. I don't know. What You tell me. Does it seem like I'm fucking, I'm I'm forcing the words out? Like No, it's, it's just, I noticed because I would sometimes swear when I do podcasts, but I know, like you say, when you hear people swearing all the time, they use just filler words. Yeah. And you hear it back and then you go, oh, yeah, like I'm, I'm saying that a lot. And you feel yeah. like you realize that that is the most common. It's just like a default. It's like, like, like you say like is a default or arm or R. I guess you're saying the F word is like a filler yeah. word because it's what you've yeah. been used to filling. But then you'll hear it back and you'll be like, oh, I'm saying that too many times because I think it takes away. You could say something really powerful, mm. but if you swear in it, people just focus on the swear words. Yeah. And I think that's a dangerous thing because it takes away from, discredits what you're actually saying, no matter what that is. Okay. I think, and I think as well, if you say something too much, it takes power away from it. Mm. So if you say, if I say the F word, it's because I mean it. Like I'm mm. angry about this thing, but if every second word you say is the F word, then... <laughs> It's like, does he actually, is he, does he care? Or is it like, if you say, oh man, I, 
fucking hate that person. You're like, oh man, he probably hates that person. But if you're like, oh, this was fucked and that's fucked and everything's yeah, yeah, fucked, yeah. Like, it kind of just there's gets, no weight to it. It gets lost in it, yeah. So that would be one thing. That I'd is say. great feedback. I needed this. <laughs> I already want to watch back. I, I needed this, bro. Uh, you're so right. It definitely is a combination of both for sure. But like you said, like you grew up in a house where that was just common. So it's just your, it's just, it's, it's how you've been conditioned is to that's normal. Yeah. Man. And you're only like, you're as normal as your life. Like your life creates what your normal is. Exactly. And right. it doesn't mean it's wrong or right. It's just your normal. But yeah. it's like, if you don't like something about yourself, like you probably don't like to swear all the time. And when you listen to it back, I guarantee you'd be like, oh, I said that too many times. Yeah, yeah. But it's like one of those things you don't, you don't always see what you're saying and it comes back to the whole therapy thing and sometimes you, you want to tell someone and then get that little bit of feedback to go, oh, yeah. I need to shift, shift that. Yeah, that is great. Um, I love you, man. I <laughs> appreciate it. I needed that, yeah. I okay. needed that shit back. That's so good. We got to, um, this was a quick one because we got to wrap this up because I got to go to rehab. I know. Is there anything you want to kind of end on or be, nah. what, just before we go, like a quick little summary, like what is your goal with the program that you are running and what, how would you like to see it go? Yeah, yeah. So we didn't talk about where we're just about to launch a foundation and that's something I'm really proud of and really excited about because it's something that's kind of really, with the community that we have within Project Kick It, this foundation, which is, it's kind of been born through that, which is, and the whole thing is, is like, we're going to kind of break it down. It's like simply the project is supporting young people with a disability and it should be exclusively that, but we're not that like we, the reason that things so work so well is because like siblings are getting involved. Families get like everyone's so, so important to our family. Whereas the foundation is kind of looking at the big picture and it's being able to support the family as a whole. So like I was like, my mom had a disability, my sister had a disability, but I was the person who needed the support. And so it's just like, now that's what we're working on. So yeah, man, like, like I said, I know we got to wrap it up, but in brief, uh, the foundation is something that is some, something that we're working on really hard on and it's something that we're not only proud of, but there's a lot of intention that goes into it and there's a lot of, um, it's something that drives, it really drives me because there's direction and there's goals. Whereas the other, the project kicker stuff is just like, let's just go have some fun. Like, whereas this, it's like, no, like right now we're, we're fundraising for a boy, Josh, who I've known over, for over 10 years. And um, we're trying to get him to the US for a treatment and his family just isn't in a position to be able to pay for that. And it's like, right now, every day I'm showing up because like, I, I don't care how lame I look or whatever. Like I'm putting myself out there on socials and stuff just so I'm like, I'm literally just posting stuff right now. So that way I'm like, I'm not just constantly posting about the one thing. But I, up until this, I just did recently a walk, but like, I know we got to wrap up. So um, is like super private person. But I'm like, for, for these things to happen, like we don't live in a private world anymore. So like right now it's like, I'm just putting stuff out there so that way I can start working towards this. So like, like I said, it's kind of really given me direction and kind of something to work towards. So nah, that's sick. We can like, yeah, we'll put links and stuff in this and, and share it out there and spread the love. But no, I think it's really cool. Thank you, bro. All right, brother. Thank you for that. We got it done. He's got to work on the swearing. Yeah. Sorry, man. Nah, don't be sorry, bro. It's, um, I'll f-